I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. This time on the podcast, we are talking about blame. So looking, let's say, back in the past and what someone else does, is that their fault that the way you are? Should you take blame for what they did or bear with us as we unpack this subject because there's a lot I think boiling on our hearts about this subject and to just say we're talking about blame can come across a little sharp but if you guys hold with us as we're kind of unpacking this topic I think you'll be blessed by it so a few weeks ago I was reading in Ezekiel and I came across the scripture and it really impacted my heart And it was something that I felt like God was really ministering to me about. And so Thaddeus, would you go ahead and read that? So in Ezekiel 18, starting in uh, verse two, uh, 2b, so the second part of two, the parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouths pucker at the taste. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you will not quote this proverb anymore in Israel, for all people are mine to judge, both parents and children alike. And this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. So basically just to unpack that scripture and what actually my version says is that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are put on edge. So pucker, put on edge, whatever you want to say, but just think about a sour grape and, or think about a sour fruit and how it makes your lips pucker. But what they're saying is the generation would before eat something that was sour and then caused the next generation to be affected. But I think in this, it's relating it more to sin. And what was happening in the time in Israel was that the the children of Israel were blaming actually so much in Ezekiel to unpack, but basically like they were scattered and they were not walking in the fullness of what God had for them. And they were excusing themselves for the things that they had done that was evil and they weren't taking responsibility for being united as a nation and serving the Lord and living a life that God had called and created them to live because of what their ancestors had done before them. And when you unpack kind of the story of Ezekiel and much of the scriptures prior to that, and so much of it is reflective of where we are in our reality and how even where we're at as a nation right now, or where we're at in our individual lives can be reflection of the things that have happened before we were ever even born. Like a lot of the stuff that is happening in our culture is not because of something our generation did, but it was because of the stuff that happened generations prior. And we're eating, we're kind of getting the sour grapes of it. The fact that, you know, that there was slavery and there was all these hate crimes that have happened in our past. And here we are sitting in the fruit of it. And just reading on in Ezekiel 18, it gives examples of a son who grows up to be a robber or a murderer and refuses to do what's right, his father would never do any of those things. Well, it's not just because the son does those things doesn't mean that the father needs to take blame and be punished for it or vice versa. So if someone comes before you, whether it's a relative or not, let's just say in a, in a workplace where you come in as the new person on the job, but the person you replaced or even your boss does some shady things. 
you shouldn't be taking the blame for what they have done in the past if you yourself are going to look at that and say, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what's right in this situation. Even if it, even if it's harder to do something right, but because you're choosing to do that versus taking that down that path that the other person did that was wrong, you should not be taking any of that blame. Right. And, and here's the thing. When you stand before a judge on earth, you're held accountable for your own actions and how you contributed to that. And the same thing happens when we stand before the judgment seat of of God is that we're held responsible for our actions and the choices we made and our repentance and our decisions to follow Christ. And we're not judged according to the people that had gone before us in our families. However, it might impact our character and it might help depict how we live our life, but it's not what we're held accountable for. We're held accountable for who God has called us and created us to be. Well, and I think when you just look at Throughout history, whether that's the Bible or history books, our modern American history or, or what have you, you see good mm-hmm. things to learn from. You see bad things to learn from. We should be looking at the good and like, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. And looking at the bad to learn from those mistakes, not to repeat those same mistakes, because we don't want to have that blame of right. this is what happened before, so now we do it again, and then and then that's on us. Right. We use it willfully to justify our sinful behavior almost. When we look at past actions of other people, we can use it to justify who we are or even how somebody has hurt us in our mind, like our mental and our emotional stability we can, and the unforgiveness we have in our heart, we can so easily blame somebody else for the impact and maybe not even knowingly. I, like six months ago, had a dream and I kept having the same recurring dream. And in this dream, it was, I was in my house and there were like all these doors that opened up and it, they went into dark rooms. And I just kept having the same dream over and over again. And in this dream, I kept trying to lock off those dark rooms and try to protect myself from those dark rooms because they were too much for me to handle and too much for me to confront. So I kept trying to avoid them, ignore them, even though I knew our family needed that space and that space would be a blessing because there's so much we could do with it. I just felt like that space was too much to handle. And I kept having the same dream. I kid you not over and over again, almost on a nightly thing. And I finally contacted somebody who I know that interprets dreams like a, like a Daniel, I suppose in our generation. And what he told me is that that dream resembles kind of where my heart is at right now. And lots of times the basement has to do with foundation. So it has to do with our upbringing. It has to do with our different surroundings and how the house represents my heart and how there's, there's places in my heart that God wants me to go into and, and shine a light on. And and he wants to actually go in there and shine the light on it and how I needed to allow God access to those places and those dark crevices of my heart. And I think that it was interesting because I, I knew exactly when he was saying that, what, what that was that he was talking about, that I was having a hard time confronting. And sometimes when you are deep in your thoughts and you're alone with yourself, you, you meet those places of hurt that you had in your life. And you have to come head to head with it. 
you can either ignore it, justify it, slough it off, blame somebody else for doing it and live in that life of perpetual blame and hurt that somebody hurt you, or you can confront it and deal with it, forgive it, release it, do all those type of things and walk in healing and let the light of God just come into those crevices and, and shine brightly. And I feel like that was really an eye-opening time in my life that I felt like it was in a pretty good place spiritually and emotionally and stuff. But just to keep having this dream and God showing me that I, I felt like what God was showing me anyways was that he wanted me to be more free. But then the last week I had another dream. And in this dream, it was similar, except for this time I was at my friend's house. And I was so excited to go... <laughs> to go and into these dark places in my friend's house because of I was telling my friend all about how I went in these places at my house and it was so amazing and and there was so much more room and all the space that I had and I was telling her all about this in my dream and she was nervous to go into it because she felt like it would be too much for her to handle too and in my dream I was just so excited for somebody else to be in those spaces like I was in those spaces because once I let light shine into those spaces and I was no longer fearful of them and intimidated by what would happen if I went into those dark spaces that it was so made my life so much better. And so I was trying to help my friend in this. Anyways, it was just a wild dream. But what it showed me through these dreams that I kept having reoccurring is how I would so easily try to avoid confronting hurt in my life. And when I would confront it, it would just be easy to have unforgiveness and blame, even though we don't want to say we have unforgiveness. Sometimes we do, and we just bury it within our hearts. And so, you know, I keep thinking of that scripture that says, search me, O God, and know my heart. And how that's something I want God to do. I just want him to come in and search me and know my heart and free me of me, like help me not to be so stuck in me. Let him come into me and let his light come into me and invade me. So I can better reflect him and better walk in a life of sanctification and becoming more like Christ. And so it's interesting because it's like, what do we do when we like in Trisha's dream, go into these dark places? Well, we want to go in those places so we can learn from them and we can make a decision on our, on our own, an informed decision of taking that and breaking that off. And putting ourselves forward into and choosing a new direction and not just saying, well, this is the way that, that we've always done it. And having that crutch. And that's, that's not saying like some of our examples of, of extreme, you know, things with like slavery or things like that. And things that we absolutely like the way we handle food, you know? Right. So, I mean, just, looking back in those places where where we look at them intently with intent to say I want to know what it is that we did wrong and I want to fix it I don't want to just keep continuing the cycle just because that's the way we've always done it if Joe Schmo's father was a high-ranking official and people respected him but he in order for him to get to that point, he lied and cheated and stole and did whatever it took to get there. Does that mean it was the right way to do it? I would hope that then Joe Schmo can look and say, you know, I don't want to follow suit. 
I want to I want to get to that place, but I don't want to do the wrong do it the wrong way. So I think what the best thing to do is obviously take ownership for the things that we're doing in our sinful attitudes and behaviors and own up to our mistakes, right? Rather than blaming people and past generations that have gone before us or excusing ourselves for the things that we're doing wrong because or of, even or even blaming people around you. Right. Not even necessarily the past generations that you learned from, but the people that you surround yourself with. Like Just it, because, you know, if something goes wrong at work and maybe you didn't have direct responsibility for what went wrong, but maybe you played a role in it. It's okay to take ownership and apologize for it and not make excuses, but just when is the last time you apologized and just said, I'm sorry, without any sort of justification? Like for me, something I struggle with is I'm sorry, but (laughs) I'm sorry that happened, but here's my justification for why I did it. But I think what we need to try to reframe that to be is I'm sorry, period. Like nothing else. I'm sorry. I I made a mistake. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry. You know, instead of saying, I'm sorry you felt that way, because even then you're not taking responsibility and ownership for something that you did say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Because here's the thing. What, what is repentance? Repentance is first of all, owning up for what you did. It's saying, Hey, I was an error. I was wrong. When we repent to God, we're, we're saying we were wrong. Like I am wrong in this area of my life. But then not only is it saying you're wrong, lackadaisically, but it's owning it and it's changing your ways. It's shifting the opposite direction and, and bringing a redirection. And so when we're talking about the, the parents eat the sour grapes and their children's teeth are put on edge and kind of having that ancestral bondage that carries from generation to generation. The way you break that honestly is confronting it, admitting that, Hey, this is an issue. This is a bondage. This is something that is, is gripping me. This is something I feel a weight of. This is something that I could easily walk in and people would feel justified and say, well, that's kind of just the way they're raised or that's how they are. And I even see myself sometimes doing that with my kids, excusing things for how people are because maybe it's just, you don't know their story. But instead of just doing that, it would be just taking the ownership and saying, hey, this is wrong and changing our ways and redirecting our steps and trying to set our face like Flint towards God rather than you know, looking around to the world and looking how we can blame and not take accountability for the choices we're making. And I think for me, a big thing is sometimes I feel really good about life, but I know I'm probably not doing really good in life. So asking God to search my heart and show me if there's anything within me that defiles him or doesn't bring him glory and asking God to not only show me what it is, but give me strength to be free from it and putting the word of God and his instructions deep within me and allowing him to write his word upon my heart. Something I see is that children can feel like they don't relate to their parents because parents aren't willing to talk to them about struggles they have went through and sins they've committed because they don't want their, their children to justify their actions through what their parents have done in the past. But I think sometimes children just need to know that their parents are humans and their parents struggled with a lot of the same things and their parents were able to overcome those things. And this, you know, this is the steps they took 
and, you know, communicating with your children, if you have children about struggles and things you went through age appropriately, of course, but how can you share a struggle you had so your child doesn't have to go through it too? So to wrap this up, we're really trying to just drive home that you need to look in the past, look to what's around you, find those things that are easy to make an excuse for for what you're doing or what you've done. And instead of blaming whatever that is in your life or or shutting the doors like I talked about in my dream and right. ignoring it. Use that to fuel you or better it. to be able to just change your course and the history that you're you're putting down for yourself so that when you look back, you're not looking back at what could have been. You're not having regrets or anything like that. I, I for one, I don't believe in regrets. I believe in looking back at something and instead of regretting something you've done, looking back and saying that was either good or bad or maybe it was just something indifferent. But looking back and learning from it and not regretting something that you did or didn't do, but being able to look back and and make changes down the road. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know. Uh, you can leave a comment on our website at uh, fallenshortpodcast.com. You could drop us an email at info at fallenshortpodcast.com. Uh, you could uh, find us on Instagram or Twitter. Or in real life. <laughs> or in real life. And maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll interact with you. Maybe we won't. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we'll start using social media more. I don't know. Uh, but if you if you like it, uh, please let us know. And, and we'd appreciate it. We'd, we'd love to interact with you if possible. We'd love to be able to pray for you if you have anything that you need prayer for. And if you are enjoying this, please share it with your friends. Until next time, I'm Thaddeus. And I'm Trish, and we love you guys.